The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Gone on My Savior is near And for my relief Will surely appear My prayer let me wrestle And He will perform With Christ in the vessel I smile at the storm The dark be my way Since he is my guide Tis mine to obey And his to provide The cisterns be broken And creatures all fail The word he has spoken Shall surely prevail Love in time past forbids me to think. Believe me at last in trouble to sink. the 
Today's sermon is pre-recorded. Do you resist the Holy Spirit, Almighty God? Mighty God, I ask that you would break all resistance in my heart to the Holy Spirit and that you would break all resistance in this house to the Holy Spirit. Lord, let it be so now in the name of Jesus. Amen. I went to the scriptures and I began to search the subject of resistance to the Holy Spirit. And what I discovered is that in the scriptures, resistance to the Holy Spirit usually is not across the board. It's usually pinpoint resistance. Yes, Holy Spirit, I will do what you've told me to do. Yes, Holy Spirit, I'll do this and I'll do this and I'll do that. And Holy Spirit, I am most concerned about this. Would you, would you stop my resistance on this point? And it's a straw man. Because the real resistance comes over here where I have covered it like a dog covers a bone that he's saving for later. And so where is it in your heart that you have buried the bone that you are resisting the Holy Spirit on? What treasure have you hidden in your heart? Moses was sent to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. There was just one problem. The Egyptians. The sign that God would give him is that they would, after the deliverance, come and worship on this mountain. Well, thank you very much. I don't need that kind of a sign. I need something now. And so the Lord said, okay, what's that in your hand? It's a staff. Throw it down. He threw it down, and it turned into a snake. He ran like any reasonable person would from a poisonous desert serpent. And the Lord said, no, go back and pick it up by the tail. He picked it up and it turned back into a staff. Put your hand in your garment. Leprosy. Put it back in. It's healed. Baby skin. Pour water out. Turns to blood. So now, in spite of himself... He's being sent on a journey that he does not want to take. But after he saw God's anger, he said, I will not resist the Lord God of heaven. 
Why is it necessary for us to see God's anger before we will finally say yes? Why was it my children had to see that look come on my face? Why is it that Eddie needs to look across at me as he's disobeying his mother? Yes. And see me watching him with a steely eye. And he said, oh, and he puts down. This seems to be inherent in all children. Is it necessary for us as adults? Yes, it is. Resisting the Holy Spirit. So Moses makes his appearance before Pharaoh. He throws down the staff. You understand that for Pharaoh, Moses is God and his prophet is Aaron. Chapter 7 of the book of Exodus in verse 11, Pharaoh then summoned wise men and sorcerers And the Egyptian magicians also did the same things by their secret arts. Each one of them threw down his staff, and it became a snake. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Yet Pharaoh's heart became hard, and he would not listen to them, just as the Lord had said. Now we have a new element introduced into the question of resisting the Holy Spirit. Now we have men who have committed themselves to acting and speaking in a way, using their talent and their skill in a way that confirms Pharaoh in his rebellion against the Most High. And so not only do our hearts become confirmed in rebellion, but we then desire to speak or act in a manner that would cause others to join with us in our resistance against the Holy Spirit. Then the blood is found in the Nile, And in verse 22, the Egyptian magicians did the same thing by their secret arts, and Pharaoh's heart became hard. He would not listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had said. Instead, he turned and went into his palace and did not even take this to heart. Now, let me tell you what the magicians could have done that would not have confirmed Pharaoh's hardness of heart. These were wise men, right? These were magicians. So why didn't they say to Pharaoh, we will reverse and make this staff that is a snake on the ground, we will reverse this and cause it to become a staff in Aaron's hand. 
they couldn't do it. What if they had said, okay, you made the Nile full of blood. Watch us and we will reverse this curse and it will be fresh water. Now the magicians would have been dealing honestly with Pharaoh and they would have revealed early on what they already knew in their hearts, that this was the mighty God of heaven and they had no power to withstand him. Instead, they resorted to trickery, sleight of hand, to confirm the heart of Pharaoh in his resistance against God. My greatest fear is that I will speak some word to you that will in any manner confirm you in resistance to the Holy Spirit. It's easy to do. Now, Jan, don't worry about that. Just relax. Let it go. It doesn't matter. God understands. Don't worry. Don't feel bad. Maybe I was a little hard on you. It's okay. What am I doing? I'm confirming that child or I'm confirming that adult in their resistance and their rebellion to the Holy Ghost. And I'm fulfilling the part of the magicians as they dealt with Pharaoh and confirmed his heart in his wicked rebellion against the Most High that resulted in the whole nation being destroyed. And so I can speak a word that says, come on, brother, don't say that. I'm different. You just don't understand. What? Confirming the hearts in rebellion against the Most High. So a brother confesses sin. What is our first inclination for our dear brother? To comfort him. To make sure he has Kleenex. They're there. You know I love you. What? Confirming in the rebellion against the Most High. We have a feeling in our hearts that we don't want somebody to go all the way to the bottom and deal with it because it makes us nervous. We don't know how to handle it. So don't make a brother mad. Keep the peace, no matter what the cost. Pharaoh, look, don't worry about these men. They're nobodies. They came out of the desert. We've got a few tricks in our pocket, too. Just chill. You're Pharaoh of Egypt. 
You don't have anything to worry about. And so with comforting and lying words, they confirmed the Pharaoh in a course of action that would eventually lead him in boldness to pursue the children of Israel into that Red Sea where the walls of water came crashing down and they were destroyed. But guess where the Pharaoh's magicians were? They were back at court with their silk robes and their wise words. But Pharaoh was dead. So we can resist the Holy Spirit out of a false sense of defense or protection or pleasing excuses and then we don't have to deal to the bottom. We can soften the blow. And so somebody comes to a sharp word and says, yeah, come on, I don't see it that way. Well, we're a people who will give any room to anybody who says, I don't understand. But usually when we say, I don't understand, we're saying, I don't agree, and I'm in rebellion against that, and I don't want you messing with my life. (laughs) And so we confirm rebellion against the Most High, and we take the part of the magicians with Pharaoh's heart. This is resistance to the Holy Ghost. Resistance to the Holy Ghost. How many times in my desperate need to be loved and accepted I've pursued a course of action a desperately needy course of action How many times I've tried to be with somebody because my heart was lonely and I didn't want to deal with my lonely heart. How many times I've gone and picked up a book to read because I needed to escape for a few moments the pain of my heart. How many times I've sought the company of another so that we could crack some jokes and and just talk together because I didn't want to deal with what was in my heart. And so I used those things like the magicians so that I would be able to resist the Holy Ghost until I gained sufficient strength to let my rebellion be full-blown against him. And I could throw him off with no longer any feeling of guilt, hardening my heart and going my own way. Now, maybe you have not done any of this. Resisting the Holy Spirit 
there's a passage of scripture that speaks about this. In 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. The third chapter. I didn't even have this verse marked. 2 Timothy, the third chapter, verse 8, just as Janus and Jamburus opposed Moses, so also these men opposed the truth. Men of depraved minds who, as far as the faith is concerned, are rejected. The final outcome of resisting the Holy Ghost is to be rejected by the Lord Jesus Christ. How do I soften that? That cannot be softened. Notice verse 1, but mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Oh, this breaks my heart as I read this list. And obviously he's talking about the ungodly. Obviously he's talking about the, the pagans of the world. No, he's not. Read the next Verse, verse 5, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. He's speaking about the last day church, where the Holy Spirit is rejected because of being lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient. A form of godliness, going to church, fitting in to the body of Christ, but not having any power, can't deal with sin, can't ever get through. The walls are up. I can't make it through. This is resisting the Holy Ghost. swayed by all kinds of evil desires. Always learning, but never able to acknowledge the truth. See, this is, this is what God is calling resisting the Holy Spirit. Where I'm unwilling to finally face the raw truth concerning my situation. And so I will identify a sin. And oh, I'll deal with that sin. I'll speak about it. I'll pray about it. I'll tell people I have the victory over it. 
while I'm hiding the real sin over here. I don't want to deal with this one. So let's talk about these over here. You know, I'm such an impatient person. God, give me patience. Oh, I need patience. And you look at my life and you say, you're one of the most patient people I know. No, I'm impatient. I've got to deal with this impatience. Oh, I can consume lots of your time and energy praying with me about my impatience. God doesn't care anything about that. That's covered. That's done. What I'm doing is distracting. Do you all know the little bird called a killdeer? Have you ever heard the cry of a killdeer? Killdeer, killdeer, killdeer. Well, they're a strange, pretty little bird. Stand about four inches tall, five inches tall. Black circle around the neck. A white stripe around the neck. Another black circle around the neck. Well, they always make their nests on the ground. We have a killdeer nest just across the field where we watch it with our binoculars. I love to watch the killdeer. The dogs will come to use this area. They'll come bounding in. Mama killdeer just sits on that nest motionless. Daddy killdeer. He's out there crying at the top of his lungs a short distance from where mama is between the dog and the nest. And suddenly he develops a broken wing. And he's, he's limping across the field like he can't fly. And the dogs see it and they come chasing after him and he, he manages to flit up in the air and go a little ways. Just a little bit. And then he lights and he starts oh, this way and the dogs are barking and they're chasing. The master's trying to call them back. Oh, I watch this every day. <laughs> and finally, when, when the dog is sufficient distance away from the real killdeer nest, he explodes into flight up in the sky and, and the dogs are looking like, I think I've been had. <laughs> This is resisting the Holy Spirit. The hound of heaven comes sniffing for that sin. We say, oh, yeah, it's his patience. It's his patience. We get the Holy Spirit far enough away, and up we go in the sky. Okay, I'm all right now. Made it through that one. We can make it through Saturday morning prayer session after Saturday morning prayer session this way. We can make it through Monday night. We can make it through Friday night. We can make it through Saturday morning Holy Club. I mean, we can make it through this worship service today. We can flutter our wing and we've got this herd and oh my. We can wail and go on and on. Where's the nest? Where's this thing the Holy Spirit really wants to deal with? And we're putting on a great performance to get the Holy Spirit off track. Or to get our brother or our sister or our wife or our husband off our backs. 
Have you ever watched one of your children? You try to talk to them about a specific issue, and they've got another issue they want you to talk with them about. Oh, Daddy, don't talk to me about that. We need to talk about this. And oh, they can talk, and, you, and you're trying to get them to go to sleep, and all they can do is talk, 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 talk. You know what they're doing? They don't want you to have one second to be able to talk about what happened earlier in the day, so the great distraction is on, because they know they need to get you impatient with them so that you will finally give up and say, look, just go to sleep. Okay, now you know you've got them impatient and they're not going to deal with the issue that you don't want them to deal with and you're safe for another night. Resisting the Holy Spirit. Resisting the Holy Spirit. It's like the octopus. The shark is coming in on the octopus. He sees those razor-sharp teeth, and he sees those beady eyes. And suddenly he squirts out a great amount of ink into the water. Everything's cloudy. shark is snapping his teeth in the midst of that shadowy place. But Mr. Octopus has squirted off to the rock and he's under it. How many times have you left the Holy Spirit empty of jaw because you squirted off in the confusion so God can't deal with your heart? In that cloud of Debris that's kicked up. Well, let's, let's think about this. There's a different side to this, Pastor. We need to consider other options. Don't deal with my sin, Pastor. Let's deal with, let's deal with this. Okay, I've got some questions for God. Why'd you do this? Why'd you do that? Why is this happening? Why is that happening? You know what why questions are? A ruse, so I won't have to deal with my sin. And if I can use up enough time with my ruse, I might get away with it. And the nest of my sin will never be discovered. And I go free to continue my rebellion against the Most High God. Resistance to the Holy Spirit. Are you resisting the Holy Spirit? Or have you invited the Holy Spirit into the nest where the eggs are? Look at Second Timothy, the second chapter.
verse 21. The Lord knows those who are his. Everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. Every excuse of my heart that does not turn me away from my wickedness is a resistance to the Holy Spirit. Every excuse I raise is a resistance to the Holy Spirit. Every cloud of debris that I throw in the air to try to confuse the issue and insist on my independence is a ruse to destroy the work of the Holy Ghost in my heart. And it must be dealt with. In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. You hear what he's saying. In the church, the church is the house of God. In the church, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for noble purposes and some for ignoble. In other words, he's saying, in God's house, there are some potty pans. Hearts that are unwilling to contain the precious anointing presence of the Holy Spirit. They're ignoble. He's saying, if a man cleanses himself from the latter, he will be an instrument for noble purposes, made holy. Made holy. Useful to the master, prepared to do any good work. Are you prepared today to do any good work that God asks you to do? Or do you have excuses in your heart that you say to the Lord, I can't do that? Then you are an ignoble pot, unfit for doing the work of the Lord. He's saying to us, cleanse all yourself be made holy flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness and that word righteousness is translated the same identical word is translated in Romans 3 4 and 5 as justification it should really be translated Pursue being made righteous. Pursue being made righteous. How are you made righteous? By not resisting the Holy Ghost. You have to actively resist the Holy Spirit not to be made righteous when you are called into the house of the Lord. You have to make choices against the Holy Spirit or you will be made righteous. 
The normal flow of the Christian life is to be made righteous. If I am not being made righteous, it's because I'm throwing up a cloud of make-believe. It's because I'm like the killdeer leading the Holy Spirit away from the true nest of my rebellion. I would ask you again today, what is the nest of your rebellion against the Most High? What is it that you have reserved for yourself against the Most High? If there is anything in your heart that you have reserved against the Most High, and you have said, I will not give this to you, Lord, then you are resisting the Holy Spirit because the natural flowing power of the Holy Ghost is to be made righteous. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue being made righteous. Faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. What are the corals? The corals are the smoke screens that are created that prevent me or save me from being totally given over to the Holy Spirit because I want to reserve that little nest for myself where I don't want to surrender that to the Holy Spirit. And so I'll raise arguments. I'll start corals. I'll get mad. I'll speak my mind. When I do those things, according to this passage of Scripture, I am in resistance against the Holy Spirit. I cannot stress this too strongly for you today. And it should be a word of grand encouragement to your hearts that when you begin to step into Obedience to the Holy Spirit. You are stepping into a stream that is flowing with power. And that stream flowing of the Holy Spirit's power is flowing toward heaven and will make you righteous as you allow the Holy Spirit to bear you along. You don't make yourself righteous. You simply make yourself available by uncovering those nests of rebellion and no longer protecting them and no longer guarding them and no longer engaging in arguments and, and diversion and ruses and trying to fool others. But you simply open your heart and say, oh God, I'm a sinner. Have mercy on me. It was that man who went down to his house, justified, made righteous. 
Well, the Pharisee, who said, I thank God I'm not like that man over there, and I thank God I'm not like that man over there, and, and look, I'm praying so many times a day, and I'm fasting, and I'm paying my tithes, and I'm doing all of this. You know, okay, God, I can, I can look you in the face now, God. I'm the man. That man went home, and he was not justified. He was not made righteous. I hope this word encourages your heart. I'm not today trying to be hard on any one of you. I'm trying to say if we don't deal honestly with integrity with the Holy Spirit, we are then resisting him. And when we enter into relationships with other people where we begin to comfort them in their sin and we begin to say, okay, you deserve a break. You know, son, I'll let you off this punishment. Daughter, I'll let you off this. What you're really saying is I don't have the courage or the nerve or the energy to continue doing the work of God in your life, so I'm handing you over to the devil. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that with you because you're my children. I've been made a father in this house by the Lord to speak the word of God, to correct, to rebuke, to encourage, to train in righteousness. That's my job. So if I begin to deal with you or speak with you in a manner that, it gives, that gives false comfort to your heart, what I'm really saying is, look, it's more important that you like me. It's more important that you leave me alone and don't bug me. It's more important that I have my time and my space. And you go ahead and just go your way. I can't do that. Neither can you do that with your children or your relatives or your husband or your wife. How are you resisting the Holy Spirit today? Are you resisting the Holy Spirit? Spirit of the living God. Spirit of the living God. Would you find the nest of our rebellion? Would you cut through all of the, the ruses, Lord, all of the drama, all of the hysterics, all of the arguments? Would you come right to the heart, Lord God? Thank you, Jesus. 
I pray today for strength for your people. I pray today your name of blessing upon them. I pray today your arms of protection around about they and their families. I pray for your provision in their homes. I pray for your protection in their places of employment, their mission assignments that you have sent them to. Lord, today I pray for your people. I pray for encouragement and strength for your people. Lord, I pray for the strength to deal with a nest of sin that we would no longer resist you, Holy Spirit. I pray in your holy name. Amen. There's nothing worth more that could ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone your presence
Thank you so much for joining us today. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress, brought to you by the National Prayer Chapel in Woodbridge, Virginia. Write to us at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195, or visit us online at nationalprayerchapel.com. God bless you. We love you. Hallelujah!